Let me begin our, our message today by sharing a couple of scriptures with you. And there is a study guide in your worship folder that you can pull out if you'd like. 1 John 4.14 says this, And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. John 20, 21, Jesus said to them, that's his followers, his disciples again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so the main thing, the main theme I want to want us to consider today and explore a little bit more is that God is ascending God. God is ascending God. Did you know that? And this is our opening series for this brand new year of 2020. And and, and what we're attempting to do in this series is to explain our very simple strategy here that we have as a church, our strategy for carrying out our mission. And hopefully to inspire all of us to engage with that strategy. And our mission as a church is actually the Great Commission. The Great Commission, that's what it's known as, that was given by the founder of the church, Jesus, to all of his church, to all of his followers, and many of you know it, it's to go and make disciples of all nations, all people groups. So our way of saying that here is like this, our mission is to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus through the gospel. Next week I'll talk about that through the gospel piece and hopefully explain more clearly why that's so important. This is our mission, let's say it together, to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus through the gospel. But now our strategy For fulfilling that mission is what we're talking about in this series, what we're focusing on, and our strategy is very simple. It's three words, reach, train, and send. Reach people with the gospel, train them deeper in the gospel, and then send them out for the gospel. And we talked about reaching people the first week of this series. Last week, if you were here with us, we talked about training. Today, we're focusing on the send component. So again... Our simple strategy here at New Life is what? Reach, train, send. Simple, right? Here's an excerpt from a small group leaders report that I received last week. I I love this. It says this. Our topic was reach, train, and send. We discussed the importance of continuing the legacy of Jesus' great commission to go and make disciples. Having been reached and trained ourselves... It's now our responsibility to go out and be sent so that others can be reached and trained so that the cycle of sharing the gospel can continue. I love that. I love that. They get it, right? They get it. It's beautiful. Let's ask this question as we kind of open up this topic. Why send? Why send? Why not just be content reaching people and training them up real good in the gospel? Isn't that enough? Wouldn't that be easier? Why send? And uh, of course the answer is it would be easier to leave that piece off. 
But what it wouldn't do is result in more and more and more and more and more people being reached. See, it really works like this. We reach in order to train, in order to send, in order to reach more, in order to train more, in order to send more, right? It's this unending cycle is what it's meant to be of spiritual reproduction. Isn't it true that God takes reached people and God takes trained people and he sends them back into the world to reach more and to train more? Reaching was never meant to be an end in itself and training was never meant to be a a dead end street either. Sometimes I meet Christian people who, who seem to think that their mission ends with them or with their kids. And, and I always want to say, listen, there's more. God has more for you. God is a sending God. And if you have the gospel in you, you have become a carrier of that good news. And God wants to send you to other people to infect them in a good way with the real disease, the good news of Jesus. So listen, listen to God calling you to others who need what you have. I've come to believe that if we truly are training people real good in the gospel, that internalized gospel message will inevitably move them out beyond themselves. They'll want God to send them to reach other people. By nature, the gospel creates a kind of internal combustion inside of the people who believe it. There's a kind of spiritual pressure that builds up on the inside and needs an outlet. I've seen this again and again and again in New Life people and in myself. And so I I believe people who are truly trained in the gospel will find themselves being propelled outward, beyond themselves, towards other people to care for them and love them to get into their lives. So what I wanna do today is I wanna offer you four points, because I'm a pastor and pastors have points. Four points, I guess I'd call them points of explanation and hopefully points of challenge around this single truth that God is a sending God. God is a sending God and my hope is that you'll take it to heart and embrace your own send your own send mission that God is calling you into, and we'll talk more about that. So first, we'll start with some theology here. The Father sent the Son. Isn't that true? Does the Bible teach that? God the Father sent God the Son into this world on a mission of redemption. So we're gonna talk a lot about sending today and people being sent here and there, but just know that all of this sending started with God. He was the initial sender, and it actually began in his own family. He initiated it all by sending Jesus to us, and I I love being reminded of the fact that that send was motivated by love. That's why he sent Jesus. 1 John 4, 4, 9 says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world that we might live through him. Isn't that great? It's God's love that motivated him to send his son. So evidently, somewhere in the councils of eternity past, there was a family meeting of sorts among the members of the Trinity, and a conversation took place, a momentous conversation. I will go. 
You see, an accurate understanding of sending begins with the theology of the gospel, the theology of the good news that in love God sent his son to this earth that we might live through him. If you know your New Testament, you, you're aware that Jesus himself on many occasions claimed that he was sent here on a mission from the Father. For example, John 4, 34, he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. I've been sent. John 5, 23, whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. John 5, 24, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. John 5, 30, I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John 5, 37, the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. It's actually recorded 38 different times in the Gospels that Jesus said, I've been sent here. I'm here on a mission from God. And so I think today we can thank God that Jesus said yes to that call to be sent to this earth. Amen? I mean, what if Jesus had refused? What if he'd said, no way, I'm not going down there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Give up my luxurious lifestyle here in heaven? Say goodbye to the comforts of my own bed, my own room? Leave my favorite food behind? Angel food cake? I don't know. And what, what if I do go down there and they think I'm weird? What if we don't connect <laughs> Truth be told, they're kind of scary down there. I've read stuff about those human beings. I mean, what if Jesus had said, not going? Let's be reminded today of how good it was for us that Jesus did not allow any of that to deter him from saying yes to stepping out what must have been his comfort zone and coming here to live and die and be the ransom for our sins. I shudder to think if he had said no. God is a sending God. He sent his own son to come and live among human beings, proud, arrogant human beings, broken, deceived, needy human beings to come and pay for our sins and pave the way for us to know God. What love, what love, what love what kind of otherworldly love is that? It was love that motivated that first sending. 1 John 4.10, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation. It's a big theological word. It means to be the wrath remover, to be the punishment absorber, to be the sentence server for us because of our sins. What great love. So what is point one? That's where you talk back to me. What is point one? Father sent the Son, and that leads me to point two. The Son sends us. The Son sends us. God the Son sends all of his followers into the world to continue his mission, to extend his redemptive mission to people everywhere. Recall what Jesus said to those first followers as he was about to leave the world and return back to his heavenly home. 
Remember this? He said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. The Son sends us. One translation reads, in the same way that the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And I got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about the similarities between how the Father sent the Son and how the Son sends us. Now, we know there's at least one important difference in those sins. We have not been sent into the world to die on the cross for people's sins. We don't have the capability of substituting for somebody else's sins because we each have sins of our own. It took an innocent sufferer to bear the sins of the world, and the only one qualified to do that was Jesus himself. So our sin differs from his sin in that regard. But you know what? In other ways, I think there are some striking similarities between the Father sending Jesus and Jesus sending us. I thought of several. First, just like the Father sent Jesus to earth on an authorized mission to represent him, so Jesus sends us into the world on an authorized mission to represent him. Isn't that true? We talk around here about being the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. We are sent into this world to represent Jesus, and it was, that mission was authorized by him. That's why before he commissioned his followers to go and make disciples, he first told them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's Matthew 28, 18. I have all authority, therefore I commission you to go and make disciples. I'm authorizing you, deputizing you to go and be my representatives in this world and call other people to be my followers. I love how the Apostle Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 5.20. He said, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. We know what ambassadors are, right? Representatives, sent ones, authorized to take his message, the one who authorized us, into the world. And that's just like Jesus himself did, bringing the message of the Father. So there's a similarity there. A second one, a second similarity between Jesus being sent and us being sent is this. Just like the Father sent Jesus to earth, incarnated in human flesh, in order to uh, identify with humanity, so Jesus sends us into the world to get into people's skin so we can identify with them. Isn't that true? Our mission, our divinely authorized mission, includes getting into people's lives. That's why often when I get together with people, if I'm, if I'm just meeting them, if I'm just getting to know them, I ask them, will you tell me your story? I wanna hear your, I wanna hear your story. I wanna hear about your journey because that helps me to identify with them, their, their successes and their failures, their joys and their sorrows. Listen, to, to, to kind of be aloof from people and, and to stay detached from people, that, that's not our mission. That's not the incarnational kind of ministry that Jesus called us to. He sends us into this world to do what he did, to get into people's skin, to get into their lives. You say, well, it's messy in there. Well, yeah, your life is messy too, right? All of our lives are. This is part of our calling, the messiness 
of entering into people's lives. That's what Jesus did. Here's another similarity. Third, just like the Father sent Jesus to this earth to both show and tell the good news, so Jesus sends us into the world also to show and tell. To show and tell, to live it and to speak it, to demonstrate it with our lives and declare it with our lips. Sometimes people say, well, well, should I, should, I, should I try to live it out and win people that way or should I try to, to speak it out and win people that way? And what's the answer? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's not either or, it's both and. Both and. Think about Jesus. Jesus lived it and he taught it. He was the consummate embodiment of show and tell, wasn't he? He gave people a foretaste of his coming kingdom by ministering to their needs, their physical needs, their emotional needs, their spiritual needs, and he talked about it. He talked about the kingdom of God. As the Father sent me to show and tell the good news, so I'm sending you to do the same. There's a lot of similarities. Here's another one. Just like the Father sent Jesus away from the comforts of heaven to experience the human condition, so Jesus sends us to people and places that might take us out of our comfort zones. Ooh, I'm gonna talk about that more in a few minutes. You can be ready for that. Here's another similarity. Just like the Father sent Jesus to earth with the promise of the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit's enablement, so Jesus sends us into the world with that same promise. Aren't you glad about that? Jesus looked at his followers that day and he said, I'm going away, I am going away, I'm returning to my Father in heaven, but I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you alone, he said. I will come to you, and he was talking about the Holy Spirit, that he would send his Spirit. There's another send, right? The Son sends the Spirit. He was speaking of the same Spirit that he himself was filled with, the same Spirit that had anointed him at his baptism. He promised that same Holy Spirit would be sent to us to empower us to be his witnesses, wherever he sends us. I know many of us in this room could attest to the the comforting, empowering presence of the Holy Spirit when we say yes to God with his send mission to us. There's a final similarity between these two sendings. This one's not as fun to think about. Just like the Father sent Jesus to earth where he would experience rejection and suffering, so Jesus sends us into this world where we too, yes, might experience some of the same. For Jesus, it says he came unto his own his own creation, his own people, and his own received him not. We need to acknowledge this reality. Not everybody is gonna understand if you say yes to God. This has happened to people in our church. You, you might have family members or cousins you know, who, don't, who don't get, like, why are you doing that? <laughs> that could happen. Not everybody's gonna be thrilled when you choose to get out of your comfort zone. You're going on a trip to where? Seriously? And you want me to support that? This could happen. This could happen. Sometimes the people you're trying to minister to on this send mission that that you have from the Lord, they might not be happy about it either. They might not be receptive. 
They may even reject you. But if that happens, you can comfort your heart by reminding yourself that your Lord was also not well received, that he was also rejected. In fact, one time he looked at his followers, he said, look, if they hate me, they're gonna hate you also. And sometimes when we we get that kind of opposition from people, we need to remember it's not really about us. It may very well be that it's the Jesus in us that's being rejected. We say yes to God's sending call, not primarily to please people anyway, right? That's that's people-pleasing, and we know the downside of people-pleasing. We say yes in order to please the Lord. We live for him. So are you with me on this? The Father sent the Son. The Son sends us as his people into the world. We are his hands. We are his feet in this church age. We are his voice to the world in need of hope. The old song says, you're the only Jesus some will ever see. You're the only words of life that some will ever read. So let them see in you the one in whom is all they'll ever need. You're the only Jesus some will ever see. With that in mind, let's bring this, let's get more personal here, okay? Number three, yes, the Father sent the Son, the Son sends us collectively, but number three, the Spirit will send you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me. If you have ears to hear, if you have a willing heart, you will sense the Spirit's call. At some point in your journey with Jesus Christ, At some stage, at some point in time, you will hear that call to step out in faith and say yes to being sent to a specific place or a specific people. And for me, this is not hypothetical. This has happened to me on several occasions. Just this week, I was meeting with someone who I'm getting to know, and we were sharing our stories with each other. And I listened to his story, and it was was great. And he asked me about my story, and I, as I told it, I was reminded of several seasons in my own life when the Holy Spirit was sending me to a new place, a new space, to be around new people. It first happened in 1979 after, and many of you know my story, after I was in this horrific car accident out on the West Coast, and the Spirit of God called me to get out of my comfort zone and relocate from here to here, from the West Coast to right on the edge of the East Coast, 3,000 miles away, to go to school there because he knew there were people there that I needed to meet. And I said, yes, okay, here we go. Happened again a couple years later in 1982 when I was sensing the Spirit's call to step out again, and this time to join up with a team of people that God was building a team that was committed to leaving the familiar behind and going and planting a new church together somewhere. In 82, we didn't know where yet. Later on, after a lot of prayer and some field trips and talking with people, we became convinced he was sending us to a place called Columbus, Ohio. Just a name on a map to me. And again, I I said, yes, let's do this. Happened again in 1990 when I sensed God's call to leave my job in Columbus. I'd worked in Grandview for almost five years and there was no 670 back then. I lived in 
Gehanna and went to Grandview every day, and you never knew what your route was going to be, where the orange barrels were going to be that day. It was crazy. <laughs> but I sensed the call of God, and, and the conditions were right with the church, where they invited me to come on staff here full-time as a pastor and serve this congregation, and it was a big step. I heard it again in 2005 when our founding senior pastor felt led to move on and he said, look, I've been pouring into you, I've been mentoring and discipling you for 20 years. He urged me to consider taking on this, this role, this weightier role with lots of new responsibilities and in many ways it was out of my comfort zone. And yet I sensed the spirit nudging me forward. I heard it again in 2006, the call to go on my first short-term missions trip. Again, this was out of my comfort zone. I like my bed. I like my home. I like the food that's in my refrigerator. And I sense the Lord saying, I want to take you to a different place to meet different people in different conditions because I, I want to broaden your perspective. I want to open your eyes more to what I'm doing all over the globe, not just here. Okay, here we go. And I said yes. I sensed it again in 2007 and, and very much again in 2009 and again in 11 and 15. This, this restlessness, this unsettledness, this stirring on the inside. Sometimes it was like I felt stalled out or, or growing stale in my walk with God. Sometimes it was like you're coasting a little bit and I want to I get you out of that coast mode. But each time there was this inkling from the Holy Spirit, Steve, there's something more. I'm calling you into something more. Something new, something different. Just trust me, just say yes, I'm sending you to a new place. And I know I'm not alone. Many of you have similar stories in your own journey, in your own life of God calling you and sending you to a new situation, a new place to meet new people. And, and that brings me to my final point on this, number four, and that is that you have a choice when God calls. Just as I had a choice in those situations, you have a choice. And how you respond to that call, listen, will impact your spiritual growth, your progress, your future, but not just yours. How you respond to that call will also affect others. There is a ripple effect. Sometimes we can think that our responsiveness to God's call is primarily about us and about our own future, but that perspective is too narrow. And just like I shudder to think about the outcome if Jesus had said no to his call, I also shudder to think about what would have happened if I hadn't said yes to those times in my life when God was calling me and sending me. If I hadn't said yes in 1979 to God's call, I never would have met my awesome wife who was going to school in that school on the other side of the country because I never would have moved to Virginia. I never would have met her. And I'm thinking my kids are probably happy I said yes too because they exist because I met her. If I'd said no to the Columbus 85 vision and said yes to moving back out to the West Coast, which I had an opportunity to do, I never would have met any of you. Your ministry to me and my family through these years, I would have missed out on all that. My, my ministry in this church wouldn't have happened. So much in my life would be different 
if I hadn't said yes to God in those situations? You see, there's a ripple effect. How we respond to the prompting of God's spirit to get out of our comfort zone and go, it matters, and it matters not just for us, it matters for others. I was talking with my middle son recently, and we were reminiscing about him leaving home six years ago to go away to college, and he, he's like a home kid. He likes home, you know? That's his comfort zone, and we were talking about that, and you remembered it, you know, it was a big change for him. He knew that being away from us and living in a dorm and a, with some other guys in another place and in another city, all that would be new and be pretty uncomfortable for him. I remember checking him in at school that first day and we're standing there in line and everything about what was on his face and his body language said, this is not really where I want to be right now. <laughs> but uh, talking with him the other day, he said, you know what, Dad, if I hadn't stepped out, if I hadn't said yes to God, I never would have gotten to meet Josh and Tom and Dan and Phil, guys who've become some of my best friends in all the world. I never would have met them if I'd said no to God. I would have missed out on great friendships, great teachers there, great learnings. I would have missed out on an important lesson that God wanted me to learn there about the priority of investing in people. So he said, looking back, I'm glad that you pushed me to do it, and I'm really glad I said yes to God, and I hope it was God and not just me pushing. <laughs> we have a choice. When we sense God sending us to new places, we can say, yes, Lord. We can say, eh, not ready yet. We can say, no, that's not, that, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And that choice will have longer-term ramifications than we probably realize in the moment that we're making that choice. So think about this for a moment. What is it that holds us back? What keeps us from saying yes to God in those moments? Well, isn't it usually fear? Fear of the unknown and insecurity. I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And we're thinking, maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not gonna like that. <laughs> maybe I'm not gonna like that new experience. We've all become accustomed to what's familiar to us, so we think, why subject ourselves to something that might be uncomfortable? There's a friend of mine in our small group. I'm so proud of her. She recently made a big decision to step out of her comfort zone and go and show God's love to other people in a faraway place. And uh, as I learned about this and talked with her a little bit more about it, I sensed that her story maybe wasn't just for her, I sense that maybe some of you needed to hear the process she went through. So I asked her if she'd be willing to share it with you. And she said, not if I have to stand up on that big stage and talk to all these people. But if we put it on video, she said, okay, okay. And so uh, I'd like you to hear a little bit about Lisa's story, okay? So let's take a look up at the screens. Hi, my name is Lisa Boyer and I'm going on a short-term mission trip to Ethiopia. Never thought I would be going on a faraway place like this or a mission trip. I'm more of a Martha, um, you know, in the background. And this is pushing me, making me reach to be somebody else that I'm not. And hopefully God will use me. My fears of, of this trip, um, 
or going on a mission trip, we're always just like the, getting the shots or um, just not being in my luxury comfort bed and um, not knowing what I was getting myself into. But talking with my husband, my small group, um, people like Mimi and Terry that have gone. The thing that helped me to really go on this trip um, was really just to say yes and deal with the fear later. Um, God has brought me through a lot in the past that I couldn't have dreamt to have gone through. Um, but He gets me through everything. And I know I, if I trust in Him and rely on Him and just, He'll get me through this. I wanted to join in. I want to be on board. I want to I want to share just my love for Christ and just serve people, be the hands and feet of Christ. Amen. Fear of shots. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's at this point she's thinking, you know, I just just need God's going to get me through this. And she's probably not completely aware yet of all of the experiences that God will give her on that trip that will stay with her for a lifetime and will change her and will broaden her perspective on what God is up to in this world. I'm so proud of her. I love that statement. Just say yes and deal with the fears later. Right? Yeah, just obey. Well, you know what? I know for 100% sure, 100%, I'm sure of it, that there are others sitting in this room right now who are just like Lisa, who you never thought that, you know, you never thought of yourself as a person who would step out like, and do something like that. But you know what? You're sitting here listening to this sermon on send and being sent, and you feel a pull, you feel a tug in your heart, and you've had thoughts like, I need to get out of my comfort zone. It would do me good to get out of my comfort zone, and to do something different, and, and I don't really want to, and I have fears, and I have doubts, but, but I know it would benefit me, and I know I would grow. I know I would grow through it. I thought, well, if that's you today, I felt impressed pretty strongly today to challenge you to commit to saying yes to God today. How about that? To saying yes to God Today, while we're talking about this, if you really believe it's the Holy Spirit who wants to send you on an adventure like that. And so I asked our missions director, Cindy, what our capacity is if she added up all of the short-term trips that we take every year, all of these short-term missions trips that we take every year. Usually there's six or seven each year, and she, she calculated it all. She said, I think we can take 70 people. I think we can handle 70 people this year. To Costa Rica, where we have ministry partners there. To Uganda, where we have ministry partners there. To France, we've sent teams to Nicar Nicaragua and Ethiopia, as you heard. And so I say to you, if God, if you sense God wants to send you on a trip like that, would you just trust him enough to do what Lisa did and just say yes and deal with the fears later. And watch what God does. But that's not the only kind of sin. There's all kinds of sins, right? We have a new disaster relief team 
that has been formed. And we partner up with Samaritan's Purse and we take teams to places here in our own country, usually down on the Gulf Coast or other regions that have gotten slammed with a natural disaster of some sort and people's lives have been turned upside down and they need help. We've sent teams down for about 10 years now. No, more than that. 2005, I think, was our first. So that's 15 years, right? To help with the, the, the whole cleanup process at first. So you don't have to have a whole lot of skills. You just have to be, have limbs that work and be willing. And on some occasions, we send teams back in later on to help with rebuilding. And so then some skills are very helpful in those kind of situations. We, we serve families whose lives have been upended. We pray with them. We love on them. We can handle a few more dozen people on that team as well. Could that be your send call from the Holy Spirit this year? There are all kinds of sends, not just one. God is a sending God. He is always sending his people here and there, sometimes across the globe, sometimes across the street. Sometimes we need to think of ourselves as being sent into our place of work every day as an ambassador for Christ on mission in that office, in that plant, in that school, in that hospital where we work. There are all kinds of sins. We're ramping up our involvement in local prisons, and of course that's something that's close to the heart of Jesus, right? Where, where inmates so need encouragement and love and the light of the gospel is needed there. There's our Safe Families Ministry where New Life families step up and provide temporary housing for children whose parents have been through some situation, a difficult situation where they can't parent their kids for a period of time, maybe a week, maybe a month, maybe three months, maybe six months. Safe families. Is that your send mission in 2020? Here's another type of send, new life. As I said earlier, we, we're, we're a church on a mission. We're a gospel-driven church on a love works mission to fill our cities with the good news of Jesus Christ. And part of our send strategy here is to plant new campuses all around our city. To me, it's the best way that we collectively together can love our neighbors. So much good comes to a community by plopping a congregation of Jesus-loving people right down in the middle of it. You heard me say earlier, right now we're one church that worships at three campuses. How did those campuses happen? Well, they were sent by us. As a church, we commissioned and sent out dozens and dozens and dozens of people who felt called by God to be a part of helping reach their neighbors for Jesus through a brand new campus. And I get excited to think about people who are sitting here today who are gonna sense that call, hear that call from the Lord at some point in the future to be sent out and be part of a brand new campus. I love thinking about that. Where might the Lord be wanting to send you in this new year? And I know the thought of saying yes to something new like that might cause you to feel a little bit like I imagine Simon Peter felt that day. In his boat, out on the lake, storm had kicked up, choppy waves, it was a difficult situation and they saw Jesus, right, out on the water. And Jesus, to Simon's surprise, I imagine, beckoned him. Come on out. Step out of your boat. I got something I want you to experience here. What must that have been like? You think he felt a little fear? Like, I've never really, that stuff looks 
soft. I've never really walked on water before. This is new, this is different, this is out of my comfort zone. I like my boat. It's safe, it's warm, it doesn't leak. And Jesus is like, come on, come on, let's do this, just trust me. And sometimes Peter gets a bad rap, you know, because he faltered, right? But think about the fact that for a few moments, because he said yes to Jesus, he got to do something that no human being before or since has ever gotten to do. He got to walk on water. Because he said yes to Jesus and he stepped out of the boat. And yes, he faltered and we will too. We won't do this perfectly. We won't do this perfectly. I haven't, you won't, but we don't labor anymore under that yoke of perfectionism, right? We've cast that off and we believe that Jesus was perfect for us so we don't have to strive for perfection. What we do strive for is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Especially when he's saying, come on, let's do this. And I know there are people here in this room today who are feeling, sensing. Maybe you have for years. I've talked to people like this. I felt this for years, Steve. I knew God wanted me to do this. Or maybe something's been stirred up in the last few months. Or maybe just talking about it today, you sense this again. There's something, there's something that the Spirit of God's calling me to do. There's some send, mission, that he's calling me forth into. And today, you're gonna say yes. I hope you will. You have no idea what what faith adventure awaits you if you just say yes to God. Lisa said, say yes, deal with the fears later. Jesus, the same Jesus who is beckoning you grab you by the hand and hold you up. So I felt very strongly that at the close of this sermon, I'm supposed to look out at people who I love and care about and ask you this. If you sense that Jesus, through his spirit, has been calling you into something, has a send mission for you, and today you will commit, whatever it is, I, I, I'm not saying or dictating what that is, if, if, if you have a clear bead on that, what that is, and today you're saying yes, you're, you're going public, you're gonna make it official today, you're gonna leave a marker today. Yeah, that was on January, what's today? That was on January 19th that I stood up in a church service and said yes to God, maybe without knowing real clearly what it is, just that your heart is willing to say yes, I'm leaving a marker right there. And I'm not even gonna have you bow your heads. It's not safe, it's not about being safe. This is about obeying Christ when he's beckoning to you saying, get out of your boat. Get out of your comfort zone. So I'm, I'm gonna ask you right now, if you've been sensing for years maybe, or months, or maybe just today, a send call from the Lord, and you wanna make it official today, you wanna leave a marker, I'm saying yes to God. You're not promising this or that, you're just saying yes, okay? You'll deal with the fears later. I'm gonna have you stand up. Thank you, like right now. Yeah, amen. Amen, I just wanna look around and see everyone. Isn't that fantastic? The rest of us, let's just thank God for these people saying yes today. Thank you, God. Don't sit down, don't sit down. 
All right. You want to sit down, don't you? Don't sit down yet. The rest of us, let's, would you reach your hand out? We're just going to say a quick prayer for these people that God would help them deal with their fears, okay? And would pave the way for them to actually do it. So let's take a moment and pray. If you're near one of these people, just maybe reach your hands out towards them. Lord, I am so glad that the times in my life where I heard your call clearly that you gave me the grace to say yes. And I can mark those times and I wrote them down in my journal and Lord, what, I would have missed out on so much if I had balked, if I'd said no, if I'd let my fears get the better of me. And so Lord, I pray that you would take each of these people who are standing right now and would you just give them a surge of, of grace, of fresh grace in their hearts as they've stood here today in front of hundreds of people and, and they're making it official. I'm saying yes to God. I'm saying yes to his call. First, would you clarify that call to them? What is this send? Some are clear, crystal clear on it. Others, it's a, it's a bit hazy still. Would you now begin working to clarify that? And then, Lord, would you enable them to overcome their fears and their doubts and getting shots or whatever it might be, Lord? And would you give them experiences that will stay with them for a lifetime? And would you work that ripple effect to affect not just tens or dozens or scores of people, but hundreds of people because someone stood up and said yes. As we get out of our boat today and take that first step with our eyes fixed on you, Lord, we're trusting you for each succeeding step, I pray in Jesus' name, amen.